0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another excellent episode of Property Soup. Today, we're going to take advantage of me being late and screwing things up at the airport. So as a lot of fun, I got to view Alan's first solo episode, which he did a tremendous job of. And the really cool thing about getting to be an observer for once is I got to watch Alan and Maury talk, his neighbor, and really hear a lot of pearls of wisdom come out. So what Mm -hmm. ended up we decided from that was that it would be a really good idea for us to actually pick that apart Um, to really help us and help the audience understand the lessons from that a bit better and to really just gain the benefit of of what we've heard because there was a lot of value packed into that one conversation. So purpose today is a little bit different. Alan and I are having a conversation about that, what we learned from it, um, what we think will really help the audience as well. So let's jump on in. It's going to be a really fun episode.
1: Yeah. So you made it from the airport finally.
0: I did. I survived the trip in. So (laughs) yes.
1: Yeah. What an episode having uh, Maury on on the last episode.
0: 100%, it was a huge privilege for me to actually just to get to, to witness it and to purely to be in learning mode as mm. opposed to as much as much fun as it is getting to take part. Mm. Um, yeah, that was a, a hell of an experience I think for both of us.
1: Well, I, look, I wanted to get Maury on to property suit because him being my neighbor, we always bump into each other and he's always dropping pearls of wisdom. You know, at 72 years of age, Having owned seven properties, seven investment properties, getting into the share market, making plenty of money there, um, owning a, a business with 40 employees, um, the guy's had a lot of success in life. Yeah. And um Huge amount success. of humility too. Sorry?
0: Huge amount of humility too. Yeah.
1: Really caring guy. Yes. Um, very giving and caring guy. And, you know, success leaves clues. Yeah. And I think it's just good for us to, you know, debrief and um, kind of unpack – a little bit about what he spoke about, because um, I, you know, you were observing. I was kind of listening as well, but it'd be good to go over it again and just really unpack everything.
0: Yeah, because there were, like you said, a lot of gold nuggets, a lots of wisdom packed into that conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, because before we dive in, like you don't, you don't build, uh, you know, a successful hair salon franchise with forty employees. You don't acquire seven properties and then you don't make a shit ton of money in the in the share market after you've sold down your investments by chance
0: no it's not an accident it's
1: not an accident like everything was planned so yeah
0: this is really one of the funniest things that we we tend to see on social media that when someone uh, like Maureen you know very generous with his success very generous with his lessons often the comment will be uh you know he just got lucky it was the right time it was easy for him, must be nice. Uh, when you work sustainably for 40 years, there's no luck involved, yeah. right? Like he, he put his head down and he kept going. Yeah. So, so let's let's put that bullshit aside. Yeah. There was no, there's no luck here.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. And I, I 100% know right now there's somebody watching this on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok and there's some smart ass thinking, oh yeah, but that was back in the 80s and 90s when, or 2000s when it was easier. And that's just bullshit. Yeah, complete right. bullshit. It's complete bullshit.
0: Easy relative to what, right? So, you know, there's a whole other argument there. But, you know, the standard of living was nowhere near as good as it is now. Um, yeah. The ability to take your time as easily was nowhere, nowhere near as um, as prevalent. So yeah. there's trade-offs to every every situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, full credit, you know, he's done an incredible job. Yeah. So that's simple as that. Um, but, yeah, there are some amazing lessons in there. One that, that really strikes me is that um, Rory wasn't doing this when he was, like, 21, 22. Right, like so. When people often feel like ah, it's too late for me, I can't get started. You know, I've I've put it off for too long. Well, look at him at seventy-two.
1: Yeah, yeah. He started uh, buying property at the age of forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. and just to make a quick note of that as well, one of his things that he said, he said, if I could do it all over again, I actually wouldn't buy my home first. Yes. I would actually rent first. I would actually rent somewhere affordable. And I would have done that first because it would have allowed me to get maybe thirty properties. I could have just done a whole lot more.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, another massive lesson. But I think the first one, you know, the, the idea that you know I've left it too late, I can't do it because of you know, insert life circumstances, just not true, right? So so that's that's really a, a very inspiring part of his story. Straight away, before we dive into um, him as a person and what he's done, right? Um, the other big um, big lesson, like you mentioned from the opening, was how much fear gets in the way of starting. Mm. So, um, yeah, given that I guess you are in the thick of that conversation, I'm um, just like, curious to hear your takeaways from that, Alan, and what you really learned from it.
1: Well, it's something that we hear every day, mm. um, and I think that's where the conversation began. Was you know how did it all? How did it all begin? Well, he brought that up. I didn't bring that up. He just said, you know, um, the. F- ...the thing that gets in the way is fear... ...and where it all started was me moving past my fears. Yeah. Because it wasn't easy coming as an Italian immigrant... ...to Australia at the age of 10... ...not speaking English at all. Mm. Um, you know, like moving past... ...moving past your fears is the very first thing you need to do. Yes. Before you do anything. And yeah, we kind of spoke about... ...it's, it's, it's all about mindset, really because you can have two, two individuals in almost exactly the same circumstances. Both have fear. One of them moves past their fears and they go on a completely different path and trajectory and end up in a completely different situation 10, 15, 20 years down the line. Big time. That's the difference between someone becoming successful and not being successful. And that's successful in anything, health, finance, relationships, everything. Um, Big one, move move past your fears, yep. It's a huge one, right, so. And not not kind of just ignoring fears, but put it to the side. Like, I'm gonna quote Tony Robbins here, but dance with it, Mm. you know? Play with it, dance with it.
0: Uh, Well also, just ask yourself questions about it, right? So often people will have fear or discomfort come up and they'll say, "Well, I can't do it because I'm afraid," you know, or because there's discomfort. And often, with the fear, what they'll do is they'll make a lot of assumptions about it. So they'll say, "Okay, I'm afraid this thing will happen," um, without actually picking apart, "Is that likely to happen, though?" Right. So you've said no to something based on your thought of a possibility that something bad could happen, whereas we don't even we never know how real that is, how likely it is. Um, it could be that there's. Much like we do, that there's mechanisms in place where that that thing you're worried about is so unlikely that you have more chance of being hit by a car when you cross the street. Right. So the thing that that's kept you from from doing what you want for years and years, um, we could apply it to relationships, right? You know, there are so many people, myself included, who've gone through years of social anxiety. Um, I can't talk to this girl because that's going to happen, right? And then you actually do the thing, and it turns out no, it was just a fear in my head the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So people are typically a lot kinder than you expect when you actually talk to them. Yeah. Same thing with investing, other um, risks, of course, but a lot of the things you might be afraid of um, could be totally irrational when you actually sit down and break them right down.
1: That was a very important part of the conversation with Moray that, yeah. um, you know, he mentioned, hey, look, it's okay to make a mistake. Yeah. You know, be happy that you that you actually even made a mistake because you actually tried. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be scared, but but don't let that stop you from moving forward and taking some kind of action. Yes, it's okay if you fuck up.
0: Perfectly, right? <laughs> right. You're not gonna you're yeah. not gonna die. No, not at yeah. all. And look, it comes down to reframing failure, right? So, um, what one of the the lessons I've learned from um, Mike Isritel, sports scientist, recently, um, the more times you independently have different people come to the same conclusion through data probably getting closer and closer to the truth right so um, that lesson from Maury about failure right so or mistakes whatever you want to call them a lot of people see a failure as a bad thing Um, it's really a good thing means we're now at the limit of our knowledge um, we're at the limit of what we know so now we can learn if you don't have failure you don't learn you don't grow 100% yeah it's about learning from your mistakes exactly and and here's the thing so can you ever do anything mistake free can you ever do anything perfectly Especially over a long period of time. No. So if the only definition of success is to be perfect, you can't be perfect. So now what? Yeah. But is that a reason to not do shit? Yeah. If anything, it's more of a reason to actually try, because now if we can't be perfect and success is impossible, you might as well try all the things. So when we actually start, like some of the things he said, when you when you pick apart the logic of what keeps us from acting, it really makes no sense at all. Mm. Yeah. The other thing you mentioned from Maury is having that clear vision.
1: Oh, that's a, that was a big part of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. so so talk me through... There's another part that he came to later in terms of the identity transformation that mm. I thought was huge, you know, him becoming Geronimo, um, yep. like a moment of surrendering and changing. Yeah. Um, but having the vision first before the plan, Yeah. Um, that was really key. Talk to me a bit about that.
1: It was just so much in that conversation, but he had a clear vision. Like he said, even from the age of... I think between 10 and 14, mm-hmm. um, someone had planted a seed, his uncle had planted a seed and said, do what you want, do what you want to do. And and even from, yeah, from an early age, I think his early teens, he was his, his dad wanted him to work in a bank or something like that. And he was just like, no, I've got a clear vision of what I want, what I want to do in life. But his whole journey, you know, from from a teenager to um, buying his first home at 22, like it had all been planned out. He had a really clear vision. And he'd, he'd written everything down. Mm. And he, like when it came to retiring as well, like his retirement plans at okay, by 65, yeah, um, I want to make sure I've got the same lifestyle, maybe even a bit better. Mm. And eventually I'm going to stop working. Where's that money going to come in? He'd actually written down... He'd figured out the day that he was his, – his last day of work. He'd figured out the day and the time, the date and the time. <laughs> like Friday 30th of June 2010, whatever it was. Yeah. But he'd actually figured out the exact date and he'd written that down. Yeah, and that the deadline. Yeah, and you see this with a lot of successful people. You, know, you see like, all these motivational videos on um, – probably seen that video from Jim Carrey or that story about Jim Carrey, how he wrote down like $10 million $10 by $10 X stake, stake yeah. and it literally <laughs> came in like a month before. Yep. You know, these are not mistakes. No. Like, you know, Jim Carrey's, okay, an extreme example, but even more a, you know, simple simple guy, seven, seven investment properties is, is no easy feat. Yep. And yeah, I think a lot of his success is down to having a very, very clear vision Writing that down, but more importantly, committing to that, and not just panicking at the first sign of fear. Yep. But just embracing it and going, look, I may make a mistake here, but I got. I'll just keep going. But writing those down and having a clear vision, kind of magnetizing what he wanted. Yeah. Um, this comes all from you know the secret, and and it's funny because he mentioned that cassette tape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, very important so if you want to be a successful investor um look follow people who've done it before yep. and clearly mm-hmm. writing your goals down and putting a str- kind of date on it you don't have to be beat yourself up over it and be super strict but just writing down having a ve- clear vision and feeling that and what it would be like to have those things mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's key to any any kind of success including investing
0: so so i'm packing a few little points um firstly on the quantum side of things whether you're a dispenser secret fan doesn't matter um having that clear vision and picture becomes vital right because again this is a process that takes decades not days so if you have no clue of what you want to why you're moving towards it um, are you going to stick with something really hard over a long period of time probably not right like you've got to have some clear picture so irrespective of whether you believe in the quantum mechanics or not, um, I think we can all agree that having a very clear direction to move in and a reason to keep going when things get hard is absolutely vital. So, so that's really the, the first part of it. Mm. Um, the second part that you mentioned is really just actually letting yourself believe you're worthy of it. Mm. right? Um, and that's a two-way street. Some of it is from having put in the work in for that long, you'll build the evidence to yourself to say, yeah, <laughs> at this point, I freaking earned it. Mm. There's, there's going to be that log of evidence there. But also, I think um, I'm someone who struggled to visualise for a long time. Um, and if you ask me what did I want, which um, is probably for a good 15 years, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it at all. Mm. Um, one of the big reasons that I was, I was so afraid that if I admitted what I wanted, then that would mean that now it became likely I'd fail. Mm. Um, whereas, the, whereas it's the opposite. If you don't let yourself articulate what you really want, then you have no way of getting it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've absolutely destined yourself to failure. Yeah. Right? Whereas now, even if I don't get the specific outcome, having done all the work to move in the direction, well, I'll have had fun. My life will be so much better for it. Mm-hmm. So whether I, get, I'm sure with Maury, look, if he retired two years later than he imagined, would he be disappointed?
1: Uh, Hell no. no. No, he'd already achieved, I mean, he re- actually reached his he got goal six years, early. six years earlier. Right. You know, his he had a twenty year plan with property. Yeah. That I might reach the goal in twenty years, but actually reached the goal in fourteen years. That's that's a massive
0: achievement. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. So clearly he's like And he, he still, still wasn't away. done yet. No, <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm sure if, if there was a reverse it happened, right? You know, if no. it was six months late, would he be going, Oh my god, the last twenty years was a waste. No. no, he'd be like, Yeah, okay, cool. It took me an extra six months, but the trip was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: What, what else as a, as a listener, um, like kind of as a fly on the wall in that conversation, yep. what else was kind of stood out for you?
0: Oh, so many things. Um, made a lot of notes um, going through that process. I think one of the big things is really cheering for yourself all the way through, giving yourself that pat on the back. So not necessarily for the outcome, but at the very least for trying and for learning, right? So. Um, again, if we look at how self-critical most people are, you know, we, um, we make mistakes, we tend to just beat the living crap out of ourselves, right? Um, one thing Mel Robbins talks about all the time is having the bully in your head you need to evict. Um, if you don't, every time you make a mistake, you're there just laying the boots into yourself, kicking yourself in the ribs for what? Right? For, for actually trying something. Mm. Um, makes no sense whatsoever. So Maury's lesson of really you know, when you do something, irrespective of the outcome, give yourself the pat on the back. Mm. You know, hey, you've done well. You know, keep cheering yourself on. Keep moving forward. Now, if we can agree that you know doing anything great is going to be a process that takes years, if you don't have fun on the way, <laughs> yeah, well, what are we doing?
1: <laughs> one, one of the things I loved, he said he, you know, he said uh, he always pats himself on the back almost daily and says, you know, well done, well done, Maury. You know, yeah. and you need to do that for yourself. You need to do that as a um, you know, just to enjoy the ride. You know, if you've saved, you know, if you need to save $50,000 for your deposit, okay, it might be quite far out. But if you've saved a grand or two grand, don't beat yourself up that oh, I'm so far away from the goal. Exactly. Like you've, you've already made it to two, two, 2K or 3K or whatever it is. and st- Even if you're still far, give yourself a pat on the back and go, Yeah. look, I've, I've done this already and that's going to keep you going. It's going to get you faster to your goal because – you're not talking yourself, talking down to yourself anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's think of it in terms of weight loss, right? So, you know, if you've got a fat loss goal, that the idea is that you know, over a year or so, let's say you want to lose ten kilos, right? And you know, just like that deposit example, you see, you know, this week you're down half a kilo. You, know, you could, as many of us do, beat yourself up and go, oh my God, it's just half a kilo. There's so far to go." Or you could say, "Great, yeah, I'm good. Mm. You know, there's five percent done." Mm. Right. That's it's another great reframe. Yep. You know. The week after, ten percent done. Right. So the, the you could you could actually cheer yourself on the whole way and have a whole lot more fun. It'd be much more likely to complete complete. Yeah. So, and when we see that you know, he's really got a body of work that's had decades in, um, and you know, clearly the success has happened for a reason. Yeah. So yeah. That's like you say, one of the big clues as to why.
1: Him actually, you know, at I think towards the end of the conversation, Maury was I think one of the biggest lessons, biggest takeaways for me, Mm. believe in yourself, believe that you can actually do it, believe that it can be done. You know, you said that towards the end, like you can do this. And a lot of people are just scared that they can't do it, that they're gonna mess up, they're gonna make a mistake. You can do it, you will do it, and you will take the steps to do it. Yeah. And, oh, that was the thing. Remember I asked him, I said, why should people do it? Why, yes. you've, you've, you've been a successful property investor, a successful yeah. businessman, successful property investor, and a, a successful share investor.
0: Successful friend and husband too. Like yeah. He's got, he's got a lot under his belt. Yeah.
1: And, w- you know, why should people do it? And his, his response was, why not? And don't just ask yourself once. I think he said, ask yourself seven times. So if you're thinking about doing something and something's holding you back, ask yeah. yourself, why not? Why not do it? Why not? Why not? Why not? That was that was for me. That was huge.
0: That's massive. Have you yeah. ever heard the phrase inversion thinking? No. So it's um, it's a philosophy of Charlie Munger. So Munger's um, Warren Warren Buffett's partner in Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. So one of Charlie's exercises is that whenever he wants to figure out how to do something and he's struggling with it, what he does is he actually figures out the negative. So because humans are designed to really think in the negative and look for problems, um, if he's thinking about, okay, how do I become a successful whatever, better husband, better investor, he flips it. So he says, okay, how would I screw this up? (laughs) What's the best way I can fuck it up? Mm. He asks himself the why not, lists all out, figures that out and goes, oh, so I just do the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, asking yourself why not? If you can't come up with some really good reasons, then oh, so it's just a that's just fear. That's just a feeling. Yeah. There's no logical reason not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was massive. Yeah. It's a, a big big lesson for everyone. Um, I think one of the reasons for his success that, that he mentioned, and this is so key for everyone, is having what he calls craftsmen, experts around you, mm. um, you know, people who are genuine experts in their field, uh, because it takes a village, right? Um, even you know, for us as professionals to do this every day, we don't do it alone, right? You know, neither of us, you know, completely does this on our own. You know, there's, there's experts that we'll, we lean on all the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we do things a bit differently. Um, methodology-wise, obviously, as a new property strategist, I don't lean on tradespeople, I don't lean on you know, the same kind of relationships as much. Mm-hmm. But from a principal perspective, we do the exact same thing. Mm. So, yeah, that, that one landed to me. And I know that, you know, Pung and Gab, perfect example, mm. um, subject matter experts in their field, um, recently they made a client experience so much easier. Um, challenging finance application that would have taken months otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, we got done in days.
1: Yeah, yep. And even our um, other previous guests as well, Mark Singh, the uh, SMSF um, expert the financial planner, You've got to have a good team of yeah. people or craftsmen, as, as Maury calls it. Yeah. And oh, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've had lots of conversations out at the front of our houses. He's, he's like, you know, he's always testing. You know, he always tests like four or five people and he never goes for the cheapest one. He's always like, as soon as I, I think you, you weren't here for that part of the conversation... But he usually gets in four or five quotes, mm-hmm. and whichever one's the cheapest, he rips it up straight away because <laughs> he knows it's probably going to be shit.
0: Well, he we knows either it's shit or they've got no confidence. Yeah, and either either one's terrible.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely need to have a good team of people. I mean, he wouldn't have had uh, successfully had a, you know built a portfolio of seven properties mm. um, with shit people around him. No. No. You know, you have got to have good. Accounting advice, good craftsmen like tradies around. Yes, that, you know he said that his tradies would go there at the drop of a hat. They were on call, ready to go. They didn't have fifty clients. They maybe had a group of clients, but they charged more money. Yeah, and you know he that means his tenants were taken care of, and if his tenants were taken care of, he was getting a good rent. Yeah, and that was another nugget. He took care of his tenants like it was a that, he was, that was his customers. Yes, right that. Um, you know um, precious customers precious that they were precious you know like these people are living in my property and he took such good care of them that his tenants took really good care of his properties yeah and they basically handed them back to him in the same condition mm. so all of these things you know really smart guy actually, very intelligent in a lot of different ways like 100%. understanding people really understanding people and then you know you know creating a lot of success out of that.
0: Yeah, he understands the psychology of investing very well. So mm-hmm. as an example of the corollary for us with new property, so you know, do we have that sort of hands-on approach to redoing a property? No. But what do I do as a property strategist? And you, when you dive down that rabbit hole as well, um, we make sure we work with really good vendors, mm-hmm. right? People who deliver a quality product um, on time with a fixed price who do what they say they do. Mm-hmm. Um, we make sure it's in a really good location where the tenant has amenity um, has the care inbuilt? Um, obviously, we can't do that hands-on. It's not just not achievable for us at scale. Um, but we make sure we can scale the same experience in this, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So we arrive at the same place with the same principles. Um, we just use different methodologies. So that was a really cool thing to observe as well. The other one. So again, with those um, th- those multiple points of truth, right? So Grant Card- Cardone, of course. Um, <laughs> Anyone who's ever worked in sales would have, would have heard of him many times. A lot of people in the personal development space as well. Um, one of his quotes that really stuck with me is that success is an obligation. Um, it is your moral duty and your obligation to the people you care about. So if you want to have a positive impact in the world um, and to help people, um, you owe it to them to be successful. And whatever sphere you see that in, whether it's in terms of um, monetary wealth, in terms of giving of your time, uh, in terms of your personal growth, so you can give emotionally, uh, whatever the case may be. And clearly that's something that Maury embodies, right? don't know if he's an Uncle G fan, but... You know, <laughs> probably he live, hasn't heard of him. Probably never heard of him, but he, <laughs> he lives it, right? Yeah. And that's that's the cool thing, that you know, again, that lesson that's been arrived to independently, um, that you see lived out the exact same way. So... Uh, but you can see his passion for wanting to help people. You know, it literally tears him up saying that, more people don't try and help themselves mm. because he knows how possible it is yeah uh, but also that the reason that he's become successful is because he can, he can give back yeah and that was a I mean, that, that's it's such a key lesson because the reason most of us initially aren't successful and I know one of the reasons I struggle with money for years is that money inherently is not one of my values I really couldn't give two shits about it mm. right I, I it's just not appealing to me On on that sort of level, in and of itself, but if you tell me money lets me, you know, do the things I want, like care for my family, have more creativity, have more time for fun, Mm. be able to be generous, okay, now I like it, right? Attaching it to your actual values that becomes a real key, and again, something he's just done so instinctively.
1: He's just kind of embodied that naturally. Yeah. Um, and it was emotional, like you know he. Very, very diff- different perspective. Mm. I, I think that's a, a big part of his success. Yes. Um, his perspective of, on money as well. Yeah. Um, wherever it may come from, the media, I think it comes a lot from the media. Yeah. Um, that money is somehow evil. That somehow if you're a property investor, you're evil. You're taking away housing from renters, all, all that kind of rubbish. But I mean, look at, look at Moray. He's a perfect example. And he got yeah. really emotional at the end and yeah. he said, look at where I am today. Yeah. I am not a burden on the government. Yes. I can actually help people. Yeah. I that was the biggest thing. Like I'm not a burden on anyone else. I've taken care of myself and now I can take care of other people. Yes. Now if if, if more people knew how to do that, how to build wealth, how to create financial stability and security, that lifts everyone up. So it's not just, you're not just helping yourself, you're actually taking your you as a burden away from other people.
0: I think the, and we, we could dive in the rabbit hole on this, maybe it could be another future episode. The negative beliefs of money go even deeper than that, right? So um, money is the root of all evil. Right, so one, one of the most mis, misquoted verses from, we um, uh, oh, should say misquoted biblical verses, the actual full quote is the love of money. All evil mm-hmm. so if you value money over those other things we talked about you mm-hmm. know family service community um, if your greed fuels you more than those things yes that is evil mm-hmm. right because if you put money before people that's a problem right on the other hand if you consider money as a way to serve people right yeah as a as a stepping stone to greater service yeah. um, how could it be evil, yeah right it's just money's like water it's just it's just it's just stuff right yeah and water you can drown in it or you can drink it yeah the water is not evil yeah and just really
1: quickly on that, imagine you're you've, you're a successful property investor like Maury, mm. you've got seven to ten properties. Yeah, you've accumulated a lot of wealth, enough wealth to take care of yourself. You've got actually more than you need. You can do a lot with that. Yeah, you know, you talked about poverty. There's a lot of poverty in the world. You could help, you know, people in poverty. You could build more housing. The government's not going to do that by themselves. No. You know, it actually comes from um, people like Moray who want to help other people. Yeah. The government can only do so much. So yeah. the next time you think, oh, these property investors are evil and it's just all about money, well, yeah, it is about money. It's about getting yourself to a stable position. But after that, beyond that, beyond what you need, it, I think most people would actually help other people.
0: Yeah. yeah, and look, if we look at the economics of it as well, so let, let's pretend for a moment that the government decided, okay, let's solve the housing crisis on our own, right? So I don't think people get the the sheer amount of money it would take to do that, right? Yeah. So um, we had a recent piece of legislation come through that had a billion dollars towards the housing crisis. Um, you know, this should give us 1,000 new dwellings. Sounds great on the surface. That means there's a $10,000 contribution towards 1,000 dwellings. It's not very much hmm. right so if we consider it from that perspective like to actually meet the needs to, to shift this burden government can't do it on their own yeah right even if the labor force was there it's just not financially feasible
1: yeah and also would you rather let's say the government says we've got a plan we need X amount of money we need twenty thousand dollars from everyone to make this happen so we're going to tax everyone twenty thousand dollars would you be willing Because a lot of people are out there complaining about this, that, you know, blaming other people that this is the reason, oh, it's Airbnb investors, there's too many, like just putting the blame on everyone else. Mm. Now, if the government knocked on your door and said, guys, we've actually got a solution, we actually need $20,000 from everyone, and it's completely solved, we'll have the housing crisis solved. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather people like Moray invest in themselves, learn about investing, learning about creating money, creating wealth, and then creating that housing for other people.
0: Like. 100%. I can, I can guarantee even the people who would intellectually agree, sure, I'll pay for it. When the bill actually came, yeah, nah. Yeah. They, they're paying for it. <laughs> they pay <paying> for shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's another thing to complain about. Um, you know, if we're being brutally honest, and, and look, I've been guilty of this as well. I think every human has. Um, it's easier to blame someone externally for your own problems because it stops you from having to really get self-critical mm-hmm. and figure out what am I lacking? Mm-hmm. What have I not done? Mm-hmm. What am I scared of?
1: Oh, you missed that at the beginning of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he said, whose fault is it? If I end up you know, not where I wanna be, if I end up broke at retirement, it's not anyone else's fault, that's my fault. Mm. I've gotta be responsible for that. Yes. So you gotta take responsible for your own finances you've got to res- take responsibility for your own knowledge and if you don't have the knowledge go and get the knowledge go and get the help go and make it happen you are ultimately responsible ultimately responsible you can't get to the end of your life that's what he was saying yeah before. he was like you can't get to the end of your life and just start blaming everyone else no because you've got control over what you do not over what other people do it's your responsibility and he's a classic example 100%. he did the work he, he was going to seminars what he was saying three days a week he was going to seminars just absorbing knowledge he wanted to be the best hairdresser he wanted to get into investing he wanted to understand the share market he acquired the knowledge first yes which was which is so important getting the knowledge before doing anything yeah at least understanding the fundamentals right it's all coming it's all coming back to me now
0: (laughs) yeah that was a lot there right so but also again from his humility even Doing that for years, you know, three days a week, you know, learning, 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 and still having the humility to say, okay, I don't know everything, right? I'm good now. I've got a framework. Yeah. I know roughly what I need to do, but I'm still going to need some help to fill in the gaps. Hmm. So, I think just having that that um, awareness and that understanding that look, learning's it's never it's never done, right? There's never a point where you go, yep, yeah, I've learned enough now. I'm good. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm finished. Um, no, it's it's an endless process um, and we, we're never done with our ignorance right we're just a little bit less ignorant every day we should never reach a, po- a point of true certainty because um, mm. then you should you know, give up <laughs> Like yeah. you missed the point yeah what were your like
1: being on the sidelines and listening to that conversation what were your what what are your two biggest takeaways from that conversation or two biggest just
0: two <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's tough yeah. Um, ooh, now I'm really going to think. So the first one is you definitely can do it, right? That's that's really the key, and irrespective of anything else. So the fear, your circumstances, um, the the particular challenges of your situation, your age, anything else. Starting from behind, starting ahead, it doesn't matter, right? So you can you can improve your situation, whoever you are. So I think that's the first one. Mm. Just the knowledge that. You can do it. Um, I think that one is absolutely first. believe believe that you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the second is to always learn, right? So to know that you know there are frameworks you need to learn. There'll be gaps in your knowledge you need to improve. There are people you have to listen to. um, There are mistakes that need need to be made, and you're not going to do it mistake-free. So knowing that that there is more to to learn always to never stop hmm. so if there was a that's more than two but that's really it you know anyone can do it and you can but there will be work but if you put the work in the odds of you not succeeding the more work you put in the more knowledge you gain gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller hmm. so as long as you, you know, agree with yourself that yeah I can do it you decide the hard part is deciding hmm. and then you move forward and you, you keep doing it and you keep learning like more, you become unstoppable that's probably one
1: of my takeaways as well was just believe that you can do it yeah like a lot of people just talk themselves out of doing stuff because they just think i just can't do it like you can do it it can be done you can get the knowledge you can get the skills you can make mistakes and it's going to be okay
0: yeah like you can do it um and doing what we do, that's where the really good sessions happen, right? So it's not the... I think a lot of people you know, hear about our job and they think, OK, the. You know, so you just talk to someone about tactics and strategy and, you know, about the data points and all this stuff, and then, you know, they you know, they, 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 they pick like they're, they're picking a, a biscuit off a shelf, right? It's, it's that simple. Not really. You know, wh- where the powerful conversations happen and what we tend to do more of, I think you'll agree is the point where you can actually see in someone's eyes that I can do this. Hmm. Well, they've gone from this was impossible, this looked like frickin' number spaghetti um, on a paper, I did not comprehend any of this at all, to hmm. so now you actually break it down in the simplest pieces and they go, how could I not do it? Hmm. Right, like that's just, that's just so possible. Like not as impossible, like even in the worst case scenario, it's kind of easy, hmm. right? And when you, when you actually see it click for someone, that there's no reason I can't do this, that's where the empowering part of the conversations actually happens. So why I love doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that, was, that was my second takeaway was why not, which we yeah. were kind of already mentioned. But uh, instead of thinking a reason why to do something, think of a reason why not to do it. Yeah. Because there's really not a lot of reasons not to do it. Yeah. Like it's kind of a no-brainer. 100%. Investing in property and growing your wealth. Why not do it? Yeah, um, I saw in a group um, in one of the uh, finance groups actually, somebody posted a question. I think uh, something like along the lines of, oh, "I'm 22. I'm on 180k a year. I've got 200 grand in savings. So yeah. clearly, clearly in a really good position yes. to start doing something." And I think their question was, "I'm thinking about doing shares and or property. Uh, wh- which one should I do?" And I actually replied, I, I don't think I've got a response yet, but um, I said, why not do both? Yeah. Why do you have to limit yourself to one option? Great. Do shares because, hey, that, that's gonna be fun, you know, playing around in the share market, but do property because you get leverage. Yeah. Um, why do you have to choose one or the other?
0: I think that could be a little bit of belief that I must, I must put it in 20% deposit to the property. Mm -hmm. So there's probably a limiting belief there that just comes from, Mm -hmm. again, why we exist. It's a bit of technical expertise that actually you don't. Yeah, you you can can actually do both. You can actually do both right now. Um, Or you could make a plan to do both over a long-term period like Morrie did, Mm -hmm. right? So that's also viable too. So just because we say not right now doesn't mean not forever, you know, if we've got, if we have a plan, right? very different to the kick in the can of the road mentality that Mm. that that's a false not right now um Mm. so i want to make that distinction but but yeah you're exactly right there's one one thing i guess we can take away from the conversation with them is that you know possibilities are much greater than you'd initially let yourself believe Mm. there's there's a lot more that's possible and if you didn't educate yourself and didn't keep striving to improve you just think you could never do yeah i
1: think um just to finish and and put a bookend on this. Mm. Clearly, uh, Maury's uh, quite a passionate guy. Yeah. And putting aside all the technical aspects of investing and, and and mindset, I think really the importance of his story is. Yes, it's you know he said. I think he was telling himself like I want to be filthy rich. I want to, but really. You know, a guy like that, you heard him tell his story. Like, he's done – He's he did the investing. He put in the time. He took that first step. He acquired one, two, three, four, five, six, seven properties. Yeah. Went into the share market. But that journey um, – and it only took him 14 years with property. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not that long. No. You know? That'll come around very quickly, 14 years. Yes. But that journey of investing your property and then into shares has enabled him to pursue his, what he's passionate about in life, which is just sharing joy with other people, Yeah, playing guitar, going on holiday, and putting a smile on someone's face and not having to worry about, oh man, I've got to still worry about mortgage payments, I've got to worry about bills. Like he does, he never has to worry about that ever again. And now he can fully be free, he's truly yeah. free I mean he's just out there like he's my neighbor i just see him out he's doing he's built his own community garden he's he's actually famous he's been on channel seven i think (laughs) um (laughs) but he's just out there and just having conversation just enjoying life and and you know two out of three aussies are are not going to end up living that kind of life no because they're too scared to take those first steps and maury is an example of you can start at 45 yeah you can invest can get to 60 65 and do the things you want you've worked hard and you can enjoy life and live that dream life you can even do it earlier if you start doing it earlier as of well of course yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah would, would it be a benefit you doing it earlier probably yeah but by the same token never too late right the other thing that you mentioned you know that you know, when you mentioned i loved enthusiasm right passion finding the thing that you enjoy struggling with and then just doing it. So he didn't feel like doing the research or properties was work because he loved it. right? So one of um, Mark Manson's quotes that I love, um, author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, is you've got to choose your flavour of shit sandwich. <laughs> because whatever you choose, that'll, that'll be great. Whether it's monetary, whether it's something else, there will be struggle. Yeah, it's not there's gonna always going to
1: be a shit sandwich just choose which one yeah Yeah.
0: do you want the cocktail size one now or do you want the foot long when you're 65 (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the cocktail Uh, yeah that's
1: uh that's an interesting image yeah all right (laughs) cool well hopefully um that was that was a good debrief hopefully you know some people have got some some wisdom out of that and if you if you want to watch the whole episode um, I don't know if we're going to split it up into two. I think we have to. I think, I think we, we have really to. No I think it's a two-parter. Yeah. yeah but uh, yeah. go and watch that two-part um, episode. Yeah. Um, so much wisdom. Yes.
0: Even if you don't like property, don't care about it, just to learn, just do it. Yeah. So, yeah, probably one of our best episodes. So you hey guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah. See you next time, guys.